This is the NFC Beast. All right, back on another episode of the NFC Beast for the 2020 Draft Day Part 2. Part 1, we had Ahmed and Jesse come in, talk about Redskins and the New York Giants. This time, since Josh was unable to make it with this last time, he's going to talk about the Eagles. You might know him from his podcast called The Missing Link Podcast. Josh, what's up, man? How's it going? Sorry I couldn't make it with the other guys, but honestly, I just didn't want to feel their wrath, so I thought a more one-on-one style would be better. No, 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 no. We're all, it's all love. It's all love. Okay, so what happened with the number one pick, probably you might get a little bit razzing about that, but what will the Eagles number one pick, not Joe Burrow's number one pick. (laughs) No, it's all love, man. Outside uh, what happened in the, the NFC East, I wanted to get your feeling about what, how you felt about the draft, you know. Coming from, I come from a world from telecommuting, right? Did you see this draft to be any different in your eyes? I'm not sure what your industry is, but is, is that something you're used to seeing or did you find it weird? I, I mean, it was just on TV to me. <laughs> it was it was on TV, on TV. Yeah, so I'm actually in uh, sales, so I don't do too much with, with telecommunication outside of the last couple of months due to obviously our situation as a, as a world. But I think that the draft in general had a, a great vibe to it. I really enjoyed the simplicity of just having Goodell and just the families. I, I really liked having those cameras inside those houses, seeing the reactions of not just those young men, but also their surrounding family and some funny moments happened. I hope even when we go back to more of the pizzazz of you know Las Vegas, or I think it's in Cleveland this next year, mm-hmm. that we still get some of those home moments because I just, I really enjoyed watching it. So jumping into the draft, did you, did you feel anything that, that just got you, that caught your attention? Any like slides or early picks that surprised you? I think by far the biggest slide that would uh, directly impact the Eagles is C.D. Lamb going to the Cowboys. I mean, that was absolutely a, a steal in the first round, and it's someone that I personally was a big advocate for the Eagles to trade up for, so heartbroken. Uh, I don't want to throw you under the bus, but I did see you tweet out after that pick happened. <laughs> it wasn't It wasn't pretty. You know, sometimes, look, we all, we're all fans. Stands for a fanatic, so if... I am let my emotions get a hold of me. It's uh, it's bound to happen. You know, it's, it's dangerous to have Twitter when you're a, a disappointed sports fan. I asked the other guys about this. Uh, were you surprised not to see anybody trade up into the top five? There were only three trades, I believe, in the first round. And I have a, a drinking game, actually, with my roommate from college and nice. some other buddies of mine. And we were doing it. And one of the big components of that is when a trade happens, we finish our drink of choice. And most years, it is not a wise decision because it's just a lot of trading. But this year was very sober. There there was not a lot of trading going on. I don't know if it was more about how they were reacting to the board. Maybe some people just felt like, okay, well, with with the virtual draft going on, I don't know if I can work a trade any amount of time that I have. So maybe they just felt more comfortable sticking to their guns. Who's to say? But it was absolutely a static draft from that perspective. Your uh, draft grade for the Eagles. What do, we, what do you think? You where you stand on that? So looking at just like the draft as a whole, and thinking about the steals or reaches or whatever, however you want to comb it together. It to me, I'm not feeling crazy good about the draft. I'm also not in the crater thinking that wow, we really wasted all these picks. I mean, you have ten guys that you're bringing in. It's actually the same amount that we've brought in the past two years combined. I think that with a first-round draft pick and Jalen Rager bringing a lot of speed to the team, the second-round pick I'm sure we'll get into. But the rest of the draft overall, there was a theme of getting younger while also getting faster. 
And if that was the goal, which it clearly was, the Eagles absolutely accomplished that. So from a grading perspective, I think I'm in more like a B minus range. Is there any other team you saw in the division that uh, you felt made good or bad moves in your eyes? I think Jerry Jones probably had his best draft ever, which is kind of incredible to think about because, you know, obviously the guys drafted some Hall of Fame players, but it's been a long time since he's been anywhere near that kind of efficiency. And he was alone, right? He was on his yacht and his wife was holding his phone. Seemed like a pretty good time and pretty good place to have a draft party, but he nailed almost every single draft pick. You look at their needs and what they were going and what they were really trying to accomplish in that draft and CD Lamp fell right into their lap and it just kept going from there. So I think they had a great draft. Not only is he picking his players, he's picking his players' numbers. You see that he's forcing CD Lamb to wear 88 instead of 10. Isn't that crazy? Like, I don't know why you would want to put that much pressure on someone, especially when you're talking about Urban, who is a Hall of Fame player. I mean, does Brian, not that that ended amicably at all. I mean, was every receiver for the Cowboys have to wear that number? Let CD be his own guy, right? I mean, like, let the guy pick his own number, be his own man. I think that's really the way you want to go with that. You would have thought he would have made Des Bryant choose a different number. That way, they would have had to resell all the Bryant jerseys from Antonio Bryant to Des Bryant. I really don't understand it. I mean, as an owner, of course, Jerry's pretty much known for doing this. He just puts his hand in too many cookie jars. I, I just, I wish he would just leave the coaches and the players alone and let them do their own thing. And maybe they'd actually develop a team culture, right? Yeah, that's true. I mentioned this last episode is uh, one of the best troll jobs I saw on Twitter was a guy, an, a Steelers fan tweeted out saying that if Jer- Joe Burrow or Tua was available at 41, which one the Steelers should pick? And the Internet did not think that was as funny as I did. <laughs> In your eyes, was there any guy that you wanted that uh, that was taken other than I'm, I'm pretty sure you're going to talk about CD Lamb at about three, two, <laughs> No, I won't make it that easy. I think what I'm going to do is go into the second round. Uh, There were a couple of guys there when we took Jalen Hurts that I would have rather had. And Denzel Mims was a wide receiver from Baylor who had dropped. And I think the Browns ended up taking. But he was someone who I know the Eagles were potentially considering in the first round. And it was kind of heartbreaking to see that guy pass on us or for us to pass on that guy and not have him in the locker room at that point. And then uh, Jeremy Chin, who was a safety. I mean, our DB room right now could really use a lot of young talent. We ended up getting one in the fourth round. But overall, I I just don't think that second round pick was used very well. So it's been a couple days now. It's confused Ahmed and Jesse and I a little bit. Has there been a little bit of realization uh, or has the the ownership come out and say why they uh, drafted Hertz? If you listen to Howie Roseman, who's the GM, one of the big things that he wants to talk about is insurance policy. You know, he's not here to compete with Carson Wentz. He basically just wanted to have someone in a backup quarterback role for the next four years, hopefully never having to use them. In my mind, that doesn't really hold a lot of water because it just creates more problems than it potentially cures. I mean, if you have a backup quarterback, that's great. But if everyone's questioning him or if everyone's going to just run with this story and just create more controversy for your locker room, I don't really think that's the right thing to do for your quarterback who you just paid $100 million to and is only 27. Right. I mean, we're not talking about Aaron Rodgers sitting at 36. I mean, we have someone who is young, hopefully going to play for 10 more years. And it's not really fair to Hertz either. Right. I mean, if you're a competitor, you want to be a starting quarterback. And as long as this is going on, whether it's healthy Carson Wentz and he's playing the way he has, that guy's not going to see the field until his fifth year. Yeah. You don't want to be drafted in the first or second round and just sit around all day. I mean, hey, a paycheck's a paycheck when you're sitting on the bench, but you, you kind of want to be out there earning your sponsorships. 
Absolutely. I mean, I expect that from any player, whether you're in the seventh round or the second, you don't get drafted because you want to sit on the bench, period. Who on the Eagles do we have to look out for this upcoming season? It's an easy answer, but I think all eyes are on. Are you talking about draft picks or veteran players? Uh, draft picks. I think that Jalen Rager, just from a fit perspective and the way that he is going to be able to come right in and jump on that offense, he's pretty much the only one in line I can think that would actually contribute in year one in any meaningful way. You may see a situation occur where Hertz gets in, depending on Carson, you know, if he gets injured or not. But Rager was drafted in the first round for a reason. He has the speed. He's able to take the top off the defense. And we saw last year with Deshaun, you can't really rely on him being healthy for the whole year either. So if he goes down, Rager might get some more snaps. And I'm excited to see what he can do with his skill set because it's something we sorely missed on offense last year. One of the best things about being in the NFL draft is obviously getting drafted. But one of the best parts of uh, not getting drafted in the late rounds is that you're not drafted at all, right? You get to choose what team you, you want to sign for. If there's, you know, multiple teams that are looking at you, you get your your choice of the litter there. Is there any noticeably obvious things that the Eagles did by picking up players after the draft? I think the majority of them are not going to make the team. I mean, there, there's a third running back spot, but as of yesterday, we re-signed Corey Clement to our third running back role, so... I don't think any of those guys have a real chance, especially because you bring in a draft class of over 10 people. There's always a UDFA that particularly surprises, you know, if it's a, maybe a practice squad player or something like that. But I don't think any of them are going to make the active roster this year. There just aren't a lot of holes. They also, that European player, I can't remember who you guys picked up. They, they gave one for each team of the NFC East this year. Oh, yeah. Um, he is, I'm trying to remember where he, he was a defensive end, I believe. And he actually played college football. He played for a, a mid-major. So I'd have to look back into that. But I believe he's Australian, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think uh, the Skins picked up a guy named Bata or something like that. I can't. I wish I had that information in front of me. Gabby, our fact checker, is she might get out on it in a second. <laughs> we'll see. Is there going to be any bold predictions you got from anybody out of the NFC East for this upcoming season based off of everything you've seen so far? I know we haven't got to a point where we've cut down rosters or anything like that, but do you see anything that you can make a bold prediction on now? I think the boldest prediction I can make, just considering the Hyper Bowl, of course, you're caught in the moment, and I'm just kind of playing to the crowd here a little bit, but I don't think that the Cowboys are going to make the playoffs. Ooh. I think that despite the draft that they had, Dak Prescott still hasn't been signed. This is subject to change, of course, but if that carries on into later this summer, because by all accounts – he wasn't able to come to an agreement before the draft. I don't see what's changed. And if Jerry Jones wants to pay this guy, I mean, he's you've got CeeDee Lamb. He's trying to surround him with talent. I think if that carries over, it's going to create a little bit of a sour locker room. And overall, Cowboys do Cowboy things, right? They have not been very successful the last 25 years. And I just, I, they have a hole at center with their with Travis Frederick retiring. They have a defense that was a little bit neglected in the draft. I just, uh, I don't see this juggernaut that I'm hearing about on Twitter. It was a couple of weeks ago I heard that the Cowboys were getting close to an agreement with Dak, uh, and I'm surprised, not surprised, that it still hasn't happened yet. I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> Pay him $40 million a year, Jerry. Do it. Do it. Uh, so I'm not going to ask you. Take up you... all your cap in a mediocre quarterback, please. <laughs> uh, so I'm not going to ask you for season predictions, but I want to ask you, how do you think the Eagles are going to start the season off? Are they going to be like uh, strong and bitter like Gabby's Coffee? Or are they going to be weak and watered down like my mom's coffee? <laughs> I 
it's really tough to say because the schedule's not out yet. I mean, at, at the end of the day, like we don't we don't know exactly when it might happen. It could end up being September. Are we going to have OTAs? You know, are we going to have a training camp? There are a lot of questions still to be answered before I can even take a look at it and say, okay, I feel like we'll go four and one to start the season. There's just too many variables right now to have a good feeling on that. Yeah, I figured I was asking that way too soon. I just I, it's more of a reactionary thing to see <laughs> if I'm talking to fandoms. Four and yeah, four and out. I'll keep the optimism alive. <laughs> hey, I'm going to hold you to it. Uh, that's all I got for today. I wanted to keep this one short since the other guys weren't here and they can't jump and pile on to you. And uh, But next time, next time, I promise, they'll, they'll, they'll get a hold of you and they won't let go. They can try. I got many answers, but I would, I would love to talk with some guys, especially about the other NFC East teams. I'm curious to see how they feel about their drafts, but I could always just listen to part one. Sweet. Go ahead and do that. I implore everybody to do that. I'd like to thank Josh coming on again from the Missing Link podcast. You got a Twitter handle they can go uh, check out, Josh? They sure do. It's Josh McNutt, M-C-N-U-T-T, 24, Al on Twitter. Just hit me up. Love to talk about Eagles. Or if you're a fan of other teams, I can also argue with you. It's all fair game. And I'm Boofer T. Justice. I have another podcast called Can't Win for Losing. It's about sports betting. But this one, you can go and subscribe for this one right now. To the NFC Beast podcast, available everywhere. I don't have any outro music because I'm still lazy. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Josh. No problem. Everyone have a great weekend. You too. Gabby? Boofer. See ya. See ya. <laughs> cool. That'll do it. <laughs>